Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast created weekly for you by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. Here you can find everything you ever wanted to know about Talker United. You can find the podcast in the Talker United section of devonlive.com or you can subscribe to us in iTunes or at Acast. Welcome to the podcast, on which, as ever, we have much to discuss this week. Uh, We'll begin uh, in a few moments by heading across to Gary Johnson's press conference, but you will have seen by now, I'm sure, the headline news of the day, which is bad news for Armani Little. The injury that he pulled up with in the game against Halifax last weekend uh, has turned out to be a pretty serious one. It's the hamstring, uh, and he will require an operation, so that's going to mean a long layoff. That's bad news, Uh, but there's there's much to discuss in the uh, press conference. In fact, Gary Johnson tells us why the Chorley game coming up on Saturday for him is the biggest game of the season. Listen in, we'll be back with you after the conference. Okay, guys, so Saturday's victory over Halifax was obviously a very pleasing result, but not only because it completed an impressive double over them, but also came against a side that was unbeaten in seven games. That must have given the squad a huge boost. You hope so. Um, It certainly should have given a confidence boost in their own ability because I thought everyone to the man played their part um, and also a boost regarding their teammates you know, and the team and our tactics and our beliefs You know, because all of a sudden it, uh, it did come out in that game and that's what we need more consistency um, unfortunately you can only get consistency sometimes when you can keep the same side and winning um, but it was a great performance by the ladies, by the lads, and it was a good win. It was a great win um, because we're hoping it's the start of a little run. That's what we've got to do. That now I've been saying that for a little while. And uh, to be honest with you, I see I see Saturday's game as our biggest game of the season. Not just because it's the next one, but because it's the these extra three points on Saturday will put us on, into a position where we will be competing with the contestants that are competing for the playoffs you know what I mean and it will put us a little bit nearer nearer them and um, I think the league table will look okay come we probably won't be flying up the league but as far as points are concerned we'll be we'll be nearer the playoff positions now obviously Ali Aziz took the headlines with his uh, debut goal however the team also chopped up their third clean sheet in five games, you must have been equally pleased with the way that they, the team defended as a whole. Yeah, really pleased because it is, as the team defends on a whole, as you say, it's not just one individual or just a back four. Um, but every department played their part. You know, the forwards shut down well, the midfield tracked their runners. Um, when we, when it's not going so well, the centre halves and fullbacks have to do too much defending. Um, if the compartments ahead of them are not doing their job and I felt that everybody did their job Saturday and uh, we defended very well um, you know our three centre halves were, were strong and that's two wing backs uh, whether we play that again or not is, a, is another thing but um, on the day it was a good performance by those and of course our goalkeeper you know he's, he's looked uh, nice and confident Sean McDonald is still Desperate, desperate to get back in the team, so it's creating good competition between them. But um, 
it's always nice to get nil against um, because uh, you know that the, the job we're doing and Downsy does a lot of work with the defenders um, is coming to fruition and, and also they're getting better you know, don't forget they're pretty young lads really they, they look older Lewis Gundy and um, Kyle but uh, they're still only young lads so they're still learning their trade but um, they'll be better and better in the, in, in the future and as the games go on and I'm hoping that they'll have that mentality to cope with these big games now and it looked like they did on Saturday we need to keep that going now Perhaps the only blemish on the uh, afternoon was the uh, early injury to Armani Little. You able to give us any update on that at all? Yeah, the update's not good news, to be fair. He's had that little, uh, well, it's more than a niggly injury. Um, the specialist said to us it was 12 weeks the last time he did this particular one. He had a fantastic first half hour. I thought, you know, he was brilliant on that day. But unfortunately, he's just tweaked the same tendon attaches to the muscle and the bone and so it means he's got to have an operation so that that doesn't happen in another 12 weeks sort of thing you know it, 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 it makes it stronger and it's better for his career that he, he's not worried about it so I think it, now we know he's gutted of course because you know he's worked so hard him and Kai our physio to, to get him fit to get him to the point where he had half hour which I thought was a, one of the best half hours I've ever seen from a midfield player um, so we're all gutted for him, we're gutted for us, but he's still only a young lad, he's still with us on, on contract uh, for another the rest of this season and next season. And uh, he's a good worker and we'll look after him and we'll make sure he gets the best surgeon and we have done, that will be next week. Um, and then we'll just have to wait and see how the rehabilitation goes. But. Uh, there won't be any time soon. We're going to involve him in whatever we need to involve him in because he's an integral part of our squad. So we want to make sure that he feels he feels like that and uh, he'd be ready for certainly the latest beginning of the pre-season. It must be frustrating for you because obviously he was a target, someone you targeted pre-season and yeah. thought like, get this bloke in because he, he ripped you apart basically in one yeah. of the games he played for working. Yeah. So it must be frustrating that you got him in, you thought, yes, yeah, got my man, and then it's it's been fractured by Absolutely. this injury. Yeah, it's re really frustrating, but it's it's not only been in this season, has it? You know, we haven't been able to uh, get a settled team sort of thing, and I'm saying this after a win, so I'm <laughs> pleased about that because I've been saying it after the defeat as well. But you know, we, we've not had a bad little run, but it just shows you how you've got to sort of work the squad and make sure they all feel a part of it because all of a sudden somebody's got to come come in so you've got to have kept they've got to be seeing that you still believe in them even when they're not in the team you've got to talk to them and make sure they're involved and try and bring them on in games you know um, because you know I always say you've got to be ready to be lucky and uh, I think was that Julie Garland's saying <laughs> I must have been watching some film somewhere, but I just thought it was a, it was a good saying, and certainly from footballers' terms, um, the ones that are on the bench, like Jake, obviously, um, Armani went off, and all of a sudden Jake got himself really fit, well, and I thought he had a really, really good game, and uh, you know, played his, played his part. At least you know that you've got someone to come in there. Yeah, we have. Um, that's the good thing. It means that it leaves you short when you start playing. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday games, uh, which we have. Hopefully, there's no other 
no more games that build up that you've got to try and fit in. Um, some clubs are going to have some some problems fitting in all their games at this you know, end of the season sort of thing. With Easter being you know, Friday, Monday games, that, that doesn't give you that that week to put in a game. So, um, And there's a lot of teams that have played a game more than us and two games more than us even. But uh, Barnet seem to be the ones that are struggling to get their, get their games in and they they still got a quarter-final, have they? Is it a quarter-final? And if they get through that, it'll be two games in the semi-final for Barnet and, and then maybe the final. And I, I don't know where they're going to fit that in. Yeah. They're going to be they're going to be playing all the way through the summer, I think. You'd obviously love to still be in the trophy, but in that respect... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you want a positive about getting beat in the trophy, then that would be it. Of course, we try to win the game um, because you have to win whatever's in front of you. But when you're out of it, you can look back at it and go, if we'd have been in it, we'd have been struggling with all the weather down here and all that sort of thing and everywhere else to get all the games in in, in the season. Two of the best performances in last Saturday's game came from players that, that are covering for injuries. Um, Joe Lewis and Jackson Longridge both played really, really well. You must be pleased with the way that they've been able to come in and uh, take on those roles. Again, the, you know, the ages of them, are they 19 and... I think they're both are they both 19 or, or whatever. anyway they're both young lads um, but they played with a maturity on, on that day and that comes with a manager having faith in them to, to give them games and, and keep giving them games you know if, if I drop a goalkeeper every time he, he makes a mistake then uh, all players when they make a mistake you're not going to you know you're, you're not going to get on that well because the next time you go to them you know they're they're worried about making a mistake, sort of thing. So we've got to give these lads a little bit of time, but now's the time when we haven't got time. Now's the time that they've got to produce, and that's why Saturday was against Halifax was a great day because everybody produced in a game in a must-win game. Yeah. Now we got another game on Saturday, which is, in my opinion, must-win, and the lads need to have that mentality of it's not just not we mustn't uh, drop any points it's we must win yeah. and so it'd be nice to get the supporters you know feeling like that the supporters that were there were fantastic what well, do we have 2,000 because when, when the stadium has got that two and a half three thousand supporters it, it really does g the lads up and, and, and build them up and it gives them the confidence that the supporters have got faith in them do you know what I mean? So we appreciate the two that are, two thousand that are there as always. Um, but it'd be nice if we can start building it up now. And I keep saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to try my hardest to entertain them and, and give value for money. And that's what we tell the lads: you're in an entertainment business. The least you can do is work your socks off, show commitment, and then it's about getting your game going and showing us your match-winning game. It was a little bit surprising to, for that crowd after. Four weeks without a game at home. Huh? Yeah, there might be a few more. Yeah, it was. I don't know. You know, maybe you newspapers have got to do a little bit for us or whatever. I don't know. But uh, no, listen, that's what happens, isn't it? You know, sometimes it happens, and you get a smaller gate than normal. Sometimes you get a bigger gate than normal. You can never quite tell. But um, we need them now. You know, it'd be great for the lads to have this chance of a push with a real positive support behind them. Chorley, they're bottom of the table, we've lost to them, 
already. And I, I dare say that was one of the days of the season that you would want to forget the most, Chorley away. Um, Have we played them away? <laughs> well, did we? Play? I'm quite yeah, sure. Go. It wasn't one. Of, you, no, I know you were very unhappy after after that game. Yeah, um, was, yeah. This is a now they're home. I'm sure everybody will look at the table and think, yeah, yeah, go on, we'll, we'll beat them. Yeah. Um, what would your? I'm not sure they say that about us because no. we tend to, you know, do okay against the top teams, and we haven't done as well against all the bottom teams. But um, what should we expect? Uh, well, I mean, we gave use the opportunity to you know please don't talk about our tactics publicly but um you know you you've seen their game we've seen their game you know we need we need to make sure that we we stop them playing their game that worked so well for them at Chorley earlier on in the season and uh, our lads have come up against that type of game now more, more often and hopefully we can deal with it a little bit better this time of the you know in the season because a lot of teams have come to play more haven't they and they've sat back in and wasted time from the first five minutes um, so we'll see whether I, I I would have thought they need to win the game same as we do so we'll have to wait and see uh, you know how they either change their, their tactics or you know what they do so you've always got to be aware that a manager might go right blow it let's just go for it sort of thing you know what I mean so we have to wait and see whether that whether that happens do they know yet how many how many are going down so they're, they're not even sure what they're fighting well I find that I find that strange that nobody knows yet um, who's going you know what the rule's going to be because it's, it, you should know it by now shouldn't you I mean I don't even know what's holding it up and I think it would only be fair to all the teams to, to know what's happening in case I mean the league would probably say, "Why do you need to know? Because you should be trying to win every game anyway." But um, you know, if there's a, a safety net for two or three teams, then they might need to know that. Mm. But uh, and if there isn't, they might need to know that, of course. So it'd be nice if we got to know, you know, for all the teams in the league, um, because when you come up against these teams, you get to know which ones have to win, which ones don't have to win. Which teams are already relegated? In which case, are they going to change their team and bring in their youngsters? You know, there's a lot of things that go with that. Knowing how many go down, how many stay up, and uh, I think that's that's quite important. Also, the teams that they're playing at the end of the season. You know, are they giving are the team that's going to be relegated that knows it now going to give up a little bit, and, uh, and therefore one of your rivals or you gain from that? Uh, it's a strange. It seems to be that, that no one yet knows what's happening with Berry, do they? That, that seems to be the $64,000 question. Yeah, well, and and had... the National League have been approached about this, yeah. and they are completely blanking it. They're saying we're not making any comment. Now, maybe that's because they don't know right. yet where Berry are going to be okay. inserted, because Berry have now not played their latest round of bills. Oh, and, right, okay. and I think that's the probably the only explanation, yeah. but... It doesn't help. No, but you think they'd say if Berry pay their bills, this is where they're going to be, and if they, you know, if they don't, we can't tell you yet. But you know, at least yeah, give everybody an idea of yeah. what they're thinking. It's really. the timing of it. Yeah, listen, yeah. I don't know yeah. all the problems they're having, and I'm sure no. nobody wanted to have Berry <coughs> out of the equation and, and mess up all the you know different numbers in the leagues. I'm sure that's very difficult to work that out. But um, 
anyway, be nice yeah. to know as soon as possible. The uh, Ben came back last Saturday, which was great to see. Um, ben Winter at, yeah. uh, at right back and <laughs> contributed massively yeah, <laughs> near yeah, the end of yeah, the game. Yeah, two good tackles. He yeah. came through hopefully all, all right. Yeah, he came through very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah he had a good week last week and. Um, no, we've we've got you know a very very good player back available for selection. So and Liam, we 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 keep asking each week is is and hopefully isn't it? He's a week nearer each time. Yeah. Um, uh, are we realistically uh, looking? Uh, yeah, um, I think. With him. Um, yeah, we're hoping that he will definitely be fit for selection at some stage before the end of the season. If he is, that's great because it's you know, more part of our elbow. If he isn't, then Jackson's long reach has, has been playing really well, you know, and he, he's getting better and better as far as you know, as far as I can see. And um, I think you know, the, the supporters trust him. You know, when a left back is over on that pop side, you know whether they trust them or not, don't you? You know what I mean? They, they're not shy. He's in, a favourite of You know, yeah, yeah. And, and and so he should be because, uh, for instance, just. Before Wintz um, made them two tackles, Jackson was like a one-man stopper. When he all of a sudden he got in yeah. two tackles and got up and, and ended up, you know, getting a knock. But he that for somebody who's on loan means that he's got to have that naturally, that natural competitor, and uh, he is. So he's been a very good signing for us. Another person probably worth mentioning is uh, Ben Whitfield, who's been utilised in a number We're going to go different... for all the players. Here, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, after they played like they did on Saturday. Um, yeah. But he produced another energetic performance on Saturday from wing-backs. Yeah, he, he did. Um, I know people, you know, because I read different little things, and some people get disappointed when somebody like Ben Whitfield's playing like a right wing-back. But that three-five-two becomes a four-four-two, pretty comfortable with Joe Lewis going across and with uh, Whitfield moving up, and then you still got your left back in um, Jackson Longley. So we're we're comfortable with it. You know, I've always said it. It's not just a three-five-two. Sometimes it becomes a four-four-two, becomes a four-three-three. Three. You know, it becomes whatever you want it to yeah. become, depending on whether you've got the ball. But um, if you looked. At, took his highlights he probably had the most shots of, of anyone else in the team he he done it enabled him to get space because we knew that the left back they like to play in a five Halifax and the left back doesn't mark the wing back so it was a situation that we thought we could work on where we could get Longridge and, Whit and Whitfield on the ball comfortable you know by switching it and I thought we did that really well. We was able to go bang, 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 switch it, and then cause a problem from from that side. We needed a little bit more end product for the amount of ball that we had, um, but we also had to make sure we didn't go gun ho because it was a must-win game. So welcome to the podcast itself. Now uh, that was kind of a bittersweet press conference, wasn't it, Richard? The good news about the the win over Halifax. Looking forward to this huge game against Chorley at the weekend. But uh, really bad news on Armani Little. Yeah, um, I should imagine out for the season. Yeah, you can't um, see him coming. There's only 12 games to go. If he's going to go. have an operation next week, he's going to be out for a bit, isn't he? Yeah, it's uh, it's a shame because I thought those... Gary kept on saying 30 minutes in, in, in the 
the presser this morning, but I think it was more like 20. Those first 20 minutes, I thought he was excellent. He was superb. I mean, was, Gary, Gary said it as well, didn't he? That's as good a performance you see from a midfielder at this level. He 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 was keeping it tight. He was he was biting a bit at them. You know yeah, they weren't yeah. they weren't happy with him. Um, he was playing some good passes, and of course it was it was one of the passes that, that he pulled up afterwards. And you know I think I looked at you, we yeah. looked at Dave, and it was you know oh yeah you there it goes see, again. Yeah, it, it took him a minute. He thought is he gonna? No, he's not gonna no, run it off. Not. And he knew straight away, didn't he? That, but. Like you say, the passing up to that point, I mean, it was a good game. We'll come to talk a bit more about the Halifax game in a bit. It was a good game all round. I thought the defensive performance was outstanding. But Armani Little in those first 20 minutes, the crisp passing, everybody was getting involved. It was like it was like the old Torquay again, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he even left his foot in at one point. And, I, I, you know, I remember looking at Dave, who was sitting next to me and... We were like, ooh. Yeah, he does. He but, does, he does and he do can that. do that, and he yeah. has been sent off in his career. Um, but, you know, maybe that's... Don't, don't shout it out, but maybe that's what we need sometimes. A little bit of is. niggle in there. I think it is. Yeah. And it's a player... I mean, we'll come on to another player in a bit who loves a tackle as well. But um, but new... Matt Hockley, was it? <laughs> God, <don't. laughs> You've set the bar too high now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's bad news for Talking United fans, but it's, it must be shattering for Armani Little himself because he's Absolutely. gone through hoops to get back fit again. It's it's like Luke Young's season with his knee injury, isn't it? It's a write-off season for him, isn't well, it? Well, it's the third time he's mm. he's been forced to, yeah. to, to yeah. take a break. And this break will obviously, I would have thought, end the season for him. But actually, when you look at the amount of games he's played, 18, yeah, that's quite surprising because in my head, he's been away more than he's yeah. been in the team. But... You know, uh, yeah, it's got to be devastating. He's got another year on his contract. Yeah. Um, so we will see him again. But you'd, you'd be annoyed, wouldn't you? I mean... Oh, he must be absolutely gutted. Yeah. I w- yeah. when, um, when he did it the last time, um, right at the end of a game, um, I was chomping at the bit to, to, to get away, actually. I, I, yeah. I, I had somewhere to go. So I'd left the grandstand and gone down to sit just by the corner for a quick exit and I was sitting literally looking and running towards me when he did it yeah. and you could see the paint expression on his face then and it was oh no not again yeah and you know he went straight down the tunnel this time again there's a lovely photo of him just sort of wandering down the tunnel and mm. you you've got it you've got to feel sorry for him haven't you really 22 years old though he's got a lot of a lot of time left and apparently this this operation if it works and let's hope it you know fingers crossed it does yeah will sort the problem out uh, and then what that does as well is it means that if there was any worry every time he went in for a tackle, every time he ext- he'd stretched too far, you know, maybe that was playing on his mind a bit and, and affecting his game possibly. as well. So hopefully he'll be able to play without that kind of affecting his, his mind as well. So, you know, OK. We're going to have to come to terms with We're going to have to yeah, come to terms We're not going to see him play probably until the pre-season now, no, are we? No, I wouldn't have Which thought so. Which is a great shame. Better news on Liam Davis a little bit. Gary seems to think that he will be back at some point before the end of the season. He's been a big miss for us, hasn't he? Um, I think it kind of coincided. When Davis got injured and was out of the team, I think it kind of coincided with the start of the slump. I think it did. Um, And then, of course, Ben Winter as well. Those two key players on the left side of defence and on the right side of defence, suddenly you're, oh my God, there's so much experience Mm. in those two players that suddenly you were missing all that and you've got a young young backline all of a sudden yeah. And, and yeah I think that coincided with the slump I'm not saying that it was all a defensive problem that's the slump 
Um, but yeah, there were just so many factors all yeah, at the same the, time. The there? So many players incredible. injured. Yeah. But that brings me on to a player that I do want to talk about, which is Jackson Longridge. Yeah. Um, who, I mean, the sponsor's man of the match against Halifax on Saturday was Connor Lemonhay Evans, who did have a decent game. I'm not knocking the sponsors Strange at all. decision. But, but then aren't they always? So, they you know, are, how, how many times do we hear the sponsor's man of the match and think, uh, really? Because Jackson Longridge was... was Head and shoulders of the man of the match for me. I thought he had a brilliant game. And I also, I mean, Jackson Longridge, yes, he did have a great game. I thought for me it was Jake uh, Andrews. Jake Andrews when he came on. When he came on for the aforementioned uh, Amani Little. Digressing a little bit then onto Jake Andrews, then he is likely to have a big role to play now with he, Armani Little out, isn't he? Absolutely, it? yeah. And and maybe he's come right at the right time. Yeah. Of course, it was, I mean, he, he did have four or five goes at, at putting a, a lovely free kick into the box. And when, when he got it right, Asa Hall yeah. got his head on it. The goalkeeper parried it and Aziz was there to just... And he must have been almost standing on the line, I think. It's think probably the closest close-range <laughs> goal ever. Um, but but he had to put his head head onto it and put it over the line. He so, did. you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Andrews, Andrews has got that free kick yeah. quality in him. Left foot swinging in you know the delivery was just just yeah. sublime wasn't it but, but Longridge uh, sorry going back to Longridge yes I mean, he had a great game and no, I haven't seen him have a bad game yet. no Lewis and Longridge together I thought were both extremely yep. good on Saturday Longridge likes a tackle there was that point that Gary Johnson mentioned um, where he was very much the last man uh, and he put in two or three tackles in quick succession I think I think they broke um, he was one on one, and the striker or the, the midfielder who he was one on one with had the options to go left or right, and he tried to go left, and Longridge put a foot in. He tried to go right, Longridge put yeah. another foot in. He tried to go through him, Longridge ended up on the floor, and then he did one of those like crab football move movements yeah. where he actually, on his hands and on the back of his his feet, he's he's managed to kick the ball away while he's on the floor. It was it was a great piece of defending. Um, and it was a goal-saving piece of defending. It was yeah. match-winning piece of defending. Um, Gary said to me this week um, that he asked the players for a match-winning performance. Yeah. Play your match-winning game. Uh, be be the match-winning defender. Mm-hmm. Be the match-winning goal scorer. He wanted everyone to play their match-winning performance. And I think I think yeah, those words were obviously ringing in the players' ears, especially in the last ten minutes when um, yeah. everyone was putting in match-winning. Blocks, tackles. Um, I think Joe Lewis at one point got the ball in the the proverbials. He got um, what we refer to on the blog as the gentleman's yeah, area, and, <laughs> the, yeah. and he, he was in some considerable pain. The but he well, only went it? down after the <laughs> yeah. danger was cleared. <laughs> That's dedication, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I thought they played really. There were good performances all over the field uh, last Saturday. Uh, Lucas Kovalan had a terrific gaming goal as well. There were a couple of match-winning saves yeah. there. As you say, I mean, I hadn't realised that Gary had said that, but yeah, match-winning performances yeah. and a match-winning performance from the keeper as well. Loads to enjoy in that. And Jackson Longridge, by the way, got himself into the Vanarama Team of the Week Well done for the National League as well. I well, think they all should have been in the Vanarama Team of the Week. Last they year. are the Vanarama They are the Vanarama. We have, we have decided... They are the, the Vanarama League can't make decisions, can they? So, uh... well, that's that's <laughs> weird again, though, isn't it? That what on earth is going to happen with Berry? Nobody wishes Berry any particular ill will, but you can't hold the rest of football to ransom while you decide what to do with Berry, can you? On the face of it, 
The fact that they haven't decided whether three teams are going down because of the Berry situation or four teams are going down from the from the National League this season seems just something that should really affect the bottom four and those trying to avoid yeah. relegation. But in actual fact, if you look at it, we're playing we're playing Chorley this week. Mm-hmm. They are bottom and they are in real trouble. I mean, yeah. you know, it wouldn't take much more for them to be officially down, I don't mm. think. And yet, if you bring in three going down instead of four into the equation, maybe they, they've got time to play yet. And, and then some, that affects the way well, that the team is yeah. playing yeah. them play. Yeah. And that affects the way that Team Torquay, the Torquay team play against them to, you know, on Saturday. And so it's not just a case of, oh, well, we'll sort it out at the end of the season. That's just ridiculous. Um, apparently, you know, they're waiting on the very decision from the Football League, but so, so it rolls down from there. But I still think, really, it should be, it should be something that should yeah. be considered now rather than later. Indeed. Let's talk a little bit about the Chorley game coming up then, because Chorley are rock bottom. They are in trouble. I mean, they've, they've been everybody's favourites to stay there for the whole of the season. But they did beat Torquay up there. We did have a very, very bad day up there, didn't we? We've got a wonderful record against the teams <laughs> below us, haven't we? Eh? But uh, Gary's saying, I mean, on the face of it, saying that a game against the team at the bottom of the table is the biggest game of the season. You think, well, it's you know that's manager speak. It's just the next game. But he knows what he's talking about, doesn't he? And look at the table. He's right. Well, I think last week's game was the biggest game of the season. And because we won it, or even maybe if we'd lost it, mm. it would be still be... But, but this one is, again, the biggest game of the season. And maybe next week will be the biggest game of the season. Because Torquay have got to put on a run to, to reach the playoffs. Um, yeah. Any kind of slip in the next three or four games, and then that's probably out the picture. Yeah. So each game is going to be the biggest game of the season, but especially when you're playing a team at the bottom of the table, and you know you've just won a game in your home confidence, and you you've had a break, you, your squad's back together. You're only missing a few now, whereas you know four or five weeks ago you were missing eight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's got to be it's got to be a chance for for Torquay to get another three points and get three points closer to those playoff places. I mean, it also matters about what the teams above us do. We, we could win every week, but if the teams above us win every week, then it doesn't no, matter. It doesn't matter. But, but there's a gap developing. That's the, but the there crucial is. thing. Yeah. We are four yeah. points behind Woking, who yeah. are the next team above us, and we're only two points ahead of Sutton. So we need, those, we need those three points. So we have to yeah. win on Saturday. Yeah. It's not going to be right. talking or Woking again, is it? You never know, do for the you? Play, for the last playoff You never days. do know, do you? Talking and well, That'll get, some, that'll get, get Ben Guerin to tweet him, wouldn't it? That could get quite lively, <laughs> couldn't it? But, um, yeah, I mean, surely you've got one or two players that um, that have, have been around, uh, players that we've seen before. They've got, uh, I've just opened in the paper, I've, got, I've forgotten his name, it's Chris Holroyd, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Who, who we've come up against, I mean, I must have written down that name hundreds of times in yeah. the last 10, 15 years. Absolutely, but... and. and they, they on paper they're not a bad side, surely. That's what is so strange about them being six points adrift at the bottom. They're six points behind filed. Um, they don't play on paper. That's a very <laughs> good point. Yeah, that's a fair point. But you wouldn't have expected them to be down there any more than you'd no. have expected the likes of Wrexham and Chesterfield to have struggled as much no. as they have. Um, but you just never know, do you? I. I you, you, I, I'm prepared to be completely shot down next week by you if I start saying this, but I cannot see us losing up there. I 
I, I feel the same. But then you're talking to a man who, who turned around to you during the game on Saturday and said, this is the best we've played for weeks. <laughs> yeah. Seems as we haven't played for three weeks, but yeah. there you go. You are ab- literally correct. There was a horrible <laughs> silence after I said that as well, wasn't there? But um, yeah, biggest game of the season. And you were saying it feels like we're into a new stage of the season. It does. I think uh, last Saturday, sitting there waiting for the Halifax game to start, felt like the start of the end of the season. Yeah. We've come through the the beginning, which was, you know, um, I suppose ended when the the brilliant run that we that the, that the team was on ended. You know, the middle bit where the injuries and the slump, and yeah. I think now if you take three sections of a season, because of the three week break, because of four weeks without playing at home, I think the Halifax game was a start yeah. at the end of the season. Twelve games to go, or thirteen games to go, as it was then, and. We won the first game of the start of the end of the season, and let's let's go and win the second game of the start of the end of the season. Yeah. I can't believe it's only twelve games to go. You I know. look at the fixtures and you think, you know, we're just getting into the meat of the season yeah. now. But before you know it, we'll be in single figures, and you get to Easter and everything just um, just tumbles away. So yeah, this is this is the time to put a run together, isn't it? It this is. is the time it is the time to. to to make sure that the playoffs are, are, are you know what we're aiming for. Absolutely. Now we've spoken a bit about defenders. Because be, being a def- having played all of my illustrious football career as a defender up as high as Division Four of the South Devon League, but that but 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 that was when there was a lot of divisions going. <laughs> well, yeah, there, were, there were six divisions then. I got into four, but then <laughs> then I ended up in the reserves back in six. But there you go. Um, but who did you partner in, at the back there? Oh, various uh, various Bardsleys uh, and uh, Brixham United uh, centre back position. Uh, Mr. Timblin, Mr. Dallow, there were there, was, oh, there were some great players in that position. Brilliant players, good players yeah. back there. But the strikers' art. Have you seen Kiefer Moore's goal for? Women? I haven't seen it, and I yeah, I, I haven't even actually heard of it, heard about it. So oh, no, the media could not be played. You must be joking. There it is. Go. So so this is live. This is you are just about to see Wigan so in the red. Is, yep. Who are they playing? Reading last night. The, the the replay comes in. That Ooh. doesn't quite do it justice. He's he's done that back back heel go. thing, isn't he? Oh, hello. Back heel. He's out near the penalty spot. Who was who was it? Did that Wayne Rooney do that once? I, uh, Wait, well, probably. He but, probably uh, did. It reminds me of a goal from the Premiership from yeah. sort of you know ten years or fifteen years ago. That's a lovely, lovely touch. If you haven't seen it yet, seek it out. It's on Twitter. The Welsh Come will be going mad. Oh. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> and it's a goal from Kiefer Moore that isn't a header as well. Is, indeed, he indeed. can do it on the ground. So yeah, Quest TV's Twitter feed has got that goal. Uh, take a look at it if you can. Which brings us on to uh, to strikers and Adi Aziz. Now yes. we were delighted with that goal against yes. Halifax on Saturday. A poacher's goal. A poacher's goal. First to react to a loose ball in the yep. box. Um, absolutely nothing on his mind at all, apart from getting the ball into the absolutely. net. Absolutely. Halifax, all the photographs show the Halifax defenders appealing for something. I can't see what they were appealing for. I haven't seen the video yet, but I, I, I suspect they're appealing for offside. But He's he, not was, he was right on the line, but I mean, you, yeah. you can't... I, I don't know, I don't know. So I, I just think it was a great finish. He was so up for the game. He was Absolutely. so up for scoring yeah. and playing. And the, I, I was impressed as well. His physicality impressed me. Yeah. As, as much as, as, you know... Strike, striking of playing and scoring a goal, but it's he was a, he held people off well, mm, yeah. And I like that in a striker because it means it gives it gives the defenders something to think about, and then maybe yeah. 
Jamie Reed some space. And as we hoped he would, he complimented Reedy as well, didn't he? He's a yes. different kind of player. Um, he occupies the defenders. He keeps the defenders busy, as you say. He's quick. Delighted he scored. If only because it's, put, it's posed a bit of a question for us, hasn't it? Because he has got two debut goals now. He scored on his debut for Torquay in September 2013 at Newport, which we spoke about last week. He's now scored on his second debut for Torquay yeah. in February 2020 against Halifax. And it got us wondering if that's ever been done before. Not just at Torquay, but there can't be many players who would have scored. I know Jimmy Greaves scored on his debut everywhere he went, but he didn't play for the same team twice, did he? No, I don't, no, think, I don't he did. think so. How many players have scored twice on their debut for the same club? Well, we've looked up a couple of Torquay players, haven't we? And the the legend that is Robin Stubbs had yeah. two spells. Didn't score didn't in score. either of his debut games. David Graham? No. Nope. No. Nope. Um, we're not sure about Martin Gritton because I haven't got the. We haven't looked him up. Dave Caldwell didn't. Elliot Dave Benyon Caldwell didn't. didn't. Dave Caldwell scored on his home debut with an overhead bicycle kick against Hereford United, which I remember as if it was yesterday, uh, but didn't score. Uh, didn't score on his actual debut. Um, People who have come back: Mark Laura and Paul Holmes. I mean, we're moving out the strikers now, so... We are. But it'll, if, if anybody has done it, and I know that Julian will be... He'll know this straight away. He'll be reaching for the phone, even as we speak. Um, but it'll be, it'll be a left-back or a right-back. Uh, yeah, it'll be somebody it be, completely yeah. unexpected if it's ever been done before. Um, so be interesting, a, interesting to find out teaser, if, isn't if it? there is one. Um, but two debuts for the club... Two goals, yep. pretty good. And he looks, looks as if there are more goals to come from him, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And, and boy, for someone who, who hasn't played for eight months, a competitive game for yeah. eight months, didn't look out for pace, did he? Well, you could see that he, he'd been training with Torquay for two and a half yeah. weeks yeah. before the game. Because obviously can, Wrexham was called off. So, yeah. yeah, so he's been, you know, he's part of the squad. He's a nice lad as well, isn't he? He'll have got on yeah. well with the squad. He'll have, he'll have got himself settled in. Fantastic. Yeah, good, well done. Good to Hats see him off. doing that. Uh, other things that I've got jotted down here, the Wrexham date. Wrexham game has been rearranged for the 24th of March. Okay. If you're thinking of making that long trip, it's a Tuesday. Better try and get the day off work and it's possibly the good, one after as I well. I was going to say, it's not a good trip for a Tuesday, is it? But it's again, there's nothing we can do about that, it now. It, so. uh, and I wrote stadium clock down as well. And and when you said that to me early on, I thought about the one above the uh, director's box. Yeah. I thought, yeah. What, what, what does he want to talk about the stadium clock for? Well, it was only because at the end of the game, the fourth official held up the board that said six, six, minutes. six minutes. Where did they come Anybody, from? Where did, on earth did that come from? <laughs> and the closest Halifax came to scoring was during those six minutes yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, but, but Ben Winter came on after mm, that yeah. and made two massive game-winning tackles. He, did. he probably thought his afternoon was going to consist of maybe get the last few minutes. <laughs> Quick just, burst out, oh, yeah, a couple, and then couple there, of clearances the and then yeah. that's it. But he was right in the thick of it. But the clock doesn't go beyond 90 minutes. So you're talking about the clock on the, on the, the television on the screen. screen. Yeah. And it would be useful if it did go beyond 90 minutes. If, if, if it counted up to the six minutes. It literally starts at zero and stops at 45. It does. Whether the game is continuing or not, starts yeah. at 45 and stops at 90, yeah. whether the game is continuing for another mm. half an hour like it did on And I think on it should, and I must ask 
Talk United. If there's, I can see why. There's a campaign. Is it, is it campaign in this? <laughs> well, is it a campaign? It, it might be. There's but more important things. Isn't I there? can see that maybe the ticking clock would put pressure on a referee if the crowd is volatile. If it goes beyond the six yes, minutes, yeah, I can see that might but, be one you know, of the reasons. Everyone but, knows. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know more or less what the time is, whether it's on display or not. So I'm sure there are sound once, technical once, reasons. Once the, the board's yeah. gone up, that yeah. is, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. oh, quick, it must have been four minutes or five minutes. Um, we were relying on your 1980s casual watch. I was watch. just going to bring my watch up. <laughs> so for Christmas, my mum asked me, what do you want? And I got, I got caught by a Facebook advert for 1980s Casio watches, of which I had one when I was 10 or 11 or 12, or whatever it was. And they're only about £12 now. Yeah. Which is probably what they cost then. But, um... Oh, Thank heavens you I had didn't it. want a big chunky watch. I've never been a watch wearer. <laughs> I found that I was digging into my pocket for my phone all the time just yeah, to look yeah. at the time. And I thought, oh, I'll just get a cheap Casio watch. So my mum kindly got it for me for Christmas. And I, I, I've been wearing it a bit on and off. I thought, oh, it's got a stopwatch on it. You know, a proper 1980s stopwatch. <laughs> so there, there was I, start of the game. It was it was back to the Cyril Knowles era. Absolutely, with a Casio waiting, watch going. waiting yeah. for the referee. Yeah. I was I was spot on with the the click. You know the little beep as I as I turned the turned the stopwatch on. Never looked at it again. Two days later, I realised it was still going. <laughs> oh, maybe we don't need it. Maybe we don't need it anyway. Six minutes shot past anyway, didn't they? Um, interesting story on the club website this week uh, and a very very good idea a former players association yeah. has been formed Paul what Hall a, involved what a great that. idea yeah Paul Hall is at the helm of it he's part of the coaching team at QPR mm-hmm. now obviously a terrific player when he was at Torquay some nice um, words from him as well about how close he still feels to Torquay United how welcome he's made to feel when he comes down here and, and a good guy to head up the former players association Jim McNichol has been to a recent game as well. Always good to see Jim up play more. Good to see Jim in the Bryn Beer advert as well. Yeah. But yeah, the, I mean, the more former players that they can get involved and they can get out on the pitch at half time and they can get involved with the sponsors, the better, surely. Yeah. And then maybe one of them will have scored in both of his debuts. <laughs> yeah. They'll go, Perhaps it's Jim McNichol. No, it'll be somebody and somebody's going to come and tap us on the shoulder aren't they and say you, it was, you buffoons yeah, you've forgotten yeah. about such and such a player that happens to me all the time <laughs> <laughs> but yeah former players association very good idea another thing that the club is getting right the club is getting these kind of things very right at the moment it is it? and you know we, we all know there are detractors as, as much as there are people who see positives in what's happening at the club at the moment but you know there, there were quite a few years when there was almost uh, an ignorance of its history mm, and yeah, maybe that's yeah. now changing the heritage of it. Yeah. and you've got a great resource of knowledge and contacts amongst all those former players Absolutely. it's got to be a good thing yeah. hasn't it it's yeah. got to be a good thing very happy with that and a story that isn't strictly talking United but a story that we've, we've carried in the Herald Express this week and we can't let it pass without mentioning two absolute stalwarts of the local game. Absolutely. Who yeah. we've lost this week, haven't yes. we? Yeah. Um, from Buckland Athletic. Roy Holmes, Roy Holmes. chairman, um, founder, member. I think he was one of a, a group of a couple of people who, who, who founded Buckland Athletic in 1977 as a youth team. Yeah. Um, they, in, in, in the mid-to-late mid 80s, they 
formed a men's team, I, I guess, when the youth team players had uh, grown up. Yeah. And um, they joined the Devon and Exeter League. So, you know, that's only, only 87, something like that. Went on to move into the, the Devon League when that was formed, uh, then into the Peninsula League when that was formed. Won promotion to the Western League, I think, in 2012. And Roy has always been one of the key men behind that development. Yeah. Of course, then they, they, they started out um, playing in Buckland. Of course, now they play uh, the other side the other of, of Newton Abbott. Yeah. Um, but they have a lovely ground, Homer's Heath. Uh, and that Roy was involved in that, you know, and he was always a character you'd see at the club. Um, he had a particular place where he sat in the in in the, the clubhouse. Yeah, yeah. And he a had bit of woe betide anybody who went and sat. There, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure he had a group yeah. of people who always sort of sit around him. He had a particular place where he stood against the fence, uh, just literally probably the closest place to the door of the clubhouse <laughs> that you can stand, but there um, and. He he was quite happy to to barrack referees and a proper proper chairman proper old school chairman yeah. um, and I know he will be massively missed there. Um, well, the club itself is quite a legacy for him as well. Isn't oh, it? absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, and they 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 won their last game, so you know he got a win for his last game. Um, they had a, an amazing game on Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night. What day is it today? Is it... Tuesday night they played. Uh, they um, they went up to Hallen and lost four three. So yeah, I think there was a lot of lot of playing for Roy that day. Uh, I, I read the quotes from I think it was Adam, but it may have been someone else on Twitter that said, you know, despite the loss, Roy would have been absolutely proud of his players for that performance. That's good, isn't it? So, yeah. Indeed. And Richard Washbrook, um, obviously, if anybody who played in the South Devon League in the 80s and 90s will have been very well aware of Richard Washbrook and his teams. He managed STC, he managed Gampton. He never played Herald Cup finals. I never. Uh, I was never good enough to play in one of his teams. Uh, but you're always aware of him. You know, he's a big character in the local leagues. You know, you're always aware of people, you know, people who have gone and played for his teams and done well. Um, his sons all played football as well. No preferential treatment, absolutely not. They played for him, but um, they had to earn their places in the teams. Um, but yeah, a massive character will be missed. It, it's we talked about this when Steve Jane and Pam Emmons died mm, mm. Um, last year. You know, these these kind of characters are difficult to replace in the local game. Aren't Irreplaceable, they? as as, yeah. um, as Adam Castle, the director of football at Buckland, said. You know, he is irreplaceable. You know. His position might be replaced by someone doing mm. a job, but he, yeah, irreplaceable. But, but uh, people need to step up and and, and you know. Sort but of but saying that at Buckland, they do have a committee of very very dedicated people. So yeah. I'm sure I'm sure everything will be fine. That's good. And finally on the agenda, a mention for the walking footballers of Torquay United. Played a, a series of bruising encounters on Sunday morning down at Paint Academy. Bruising. But it's slightly bruising. Yeah, get a few bumps and bruises here and there. Um, not massively successful, but good camaraderie. The teams that came and played us uh, here at Paint Academy, Plymouth Argyle, Exeter, Exminster, 
uh, King Stainton, Newton Abbott 66. A lot of teams involved in... There are okay. three divisions running now. Right, OK. And on a match day, we have three pitches What's running. What's the age, age range? Over 50s, mate. See, I've got one more year to go. Just the one. One more year to go. No, you better get your boots ready. We'll have you, we'll second have you in the team. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, terrific organisation. Good refereeing. Good camaraderie. Hardly a crossword the whole morning. Very competitive, though. Sounds great. And, uh, yeah, well done to everybody from all of and those I, teams. I also really because I've known you for years but I've never known where you lived and I now know that you can walk basically to walking football I can walk to <laughs> if the weather's nice I could walk up to Gary's press conference as yeah well. you could so, yeah. Um, yeah so it's it paint anywhere in painting is pretty handy so uh, yeah good stuff and if, the um, walking footballers were training up at South Devon College the other day and very nearly persuaded the gaffer to come and have a game Really? We're still working on him. Calvin yeah. Kalala, on the other hand, almost did get involved in the game, but he managed to stop <laughs> But he's not 50 yet, no, so he can't not. officially sign for you. But uh, yeah, we'll get the gaffer involved somewhere along the line. That sounds great. Let me know when that happens, I'll bring a camera. <laughs> Will do. Thank you very much for your time. That's been the Yellow Army podcast this week um, with Guy and with Richard. Home game, of course, on Saturday, home to Chorley, three o'clock kickoff at Playmore. Come and say hello. It was very nice to meet up with a couple of people last week. Come and tell us what you do and don't like about the podcast. Too quick, too loud, too quiet. You know, we get all these technical things that people come at us with. The, but, the uh, studio is, is, is amazing. So, you know, it's there great, shouldn't be any it? problem. It's great. The cat was trying to get in just now. <laughs> and this week, at least the dog hasn't barked. And actually, so through the patio doors, I can see a blue sky. Beautiful, isn't it? Which is wonderful after the weather we've had. So. Spring is on its way. So we've even got, we've even got weather, weather now. Perfect. And as ever, we finish. Come on, you yellows. You've been listening to the Herald Express, Devon Live, Talker United, Yellow Army podcast, recorded weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. You can find this podcast by clicking devonlive.com or by following us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash DL or on Twitter at TQHE Sport. You can also subscribe on iTunes, search for Talker United on the iTunes app. Please leave us a review wherever you can. We welcome all feedback. Thank you very much for listening. Join us again next week.